Welcome to another night of Warrior Reads. As always, make sure that you've handled anything before bed, that the room is dark, and that you're in a comfortable position. Remember, as you're listening, if you get excited by a story or interested, don't worry about it. Now is not the time for your mind to be racing. Now is the time for your mind to be resting. As always, we'll have copies of the recordings available on our website, as well as even the ability to order it should you want to in the morning. Now is the time for your reward for a good day lived or a reminder to be a warrior tomorrow. I'll give you about five seconds to clear your head and then we'll begin. Welcome warriors. Tonight, our selection is from Parallel Lives by Plutarch. Tonight we'll be jumping into the biography of Gaius Julius Caesar that was written 2,000 years ago by the Greek historian Plutarch. In this section, on Caesar, Plutarch shows us the man that was destined for greatness because of his unyielding commitment to achievement and will to power. Caesar is a warrior who has many stories worth sharing. But tonight, we'll take a look at how he handled being kidnapped by pirates. Such a situation is something that would normally be a terrifying ordeal for your average person. But because Caesar was so fully committed to being awesome, he flipped it to his advantage. This story of Caesar is a reminder to us about not only how far you can go, when you have the will to completely commit yourself to greatness, but how the world seems to get out of your way when you dive headfirst into the warrior path. As always, you can read this book at any time in the future, and it's worth the read. But as you let go of the day and its victories and challenges and prepare yourself for the rest that you've earned, allow yourself to soak in the inspiration and the reminder to dig deep and fully live out your true warrior spirit to the fullest. So relax and enjoy. Many think that the opening paragraphs of this life describing the birth and boyhood of Gaius Julius Caesar have been lost. But we know that Caesar was born of the noble class in Rome, and that he served under Marcus Thermus Praetor of Asia when he was 19 years of age, where he helped raise a fleet to assist in the siege of Mytilene. By that age, he was already an accomplished military man and a budding lawyer, and would go on to become the emperor of Rome and expand the Roman Empire by conquering Gaul. Gaius Julius Caesar was born in Rome and was the nephew of a wildly successful and popular general named Marius. Young Julius's uncle was so well-liked, in fact, that the entire Roman Republic was embroiled in a vicious, brutal war for three years, with half of Italy supporting Marius in the other half, supporting a guy named Sulla. Sulla, won by default, 
when Marius fell ill with the disease and died. Since the war had been basically a boring, anticlimactic ending, Sulla decided that it would be cool to satiate his thirst for bloody vengeance by marching his legions into Rome, declaring himself dictator and executing everybody who had ever opposed him for any reason ever. Since this guy was totally crazy and orchestrating a blood-filled purge on the streets of Rome, Julius decided he should get out of town and lay low before winding up with his severed head being used as a decorative ornament. And here's Plutarch's account. After Sulla became master of Rome, he wished to make Caesar put away his wife, Cornelia, the daughter of Cinna, who had once held the sole power of Rome. And when Sulla became master of affairs, he could not, either by promise or threats, induce Caesar to put her away. And therefore, he confiscated her dowry. Now, the reason for Caesar's hatred of Sulla was Caesar's relationship to Marius. For Julia, a sister of Caesar's father, was the wife of Marius the Elder and the mother of Marius the Younger, who was therefore Caesar's cousin. Moreover, Caesar was not satisfied to be overlooked by Sulla who was busy with the multitude of mandated executions. But Caesar came before the people as a candidate for the priesthood. Although he was not yet much more than a stripling. To this candidacy, Sulla secretly opposed himself and took measures to make Caesar fail in it. When he was deliberating about putting him to death, there were some that said there was no reason for killing a mere boy like him. But Sulla declared that they had no sense if they did not see that this boy had the potential to be more than one Marius. When this speech was reported to Caesar, he hid himself for some time, wandering about the country of the Sabines. Then, as he was changing his abode by night, on account of sickness, he fell in with the soldiers of Sulla, who were searching those regions and arresting the men hiding there. Caesar gave their leader Cornelius two talents to set him free, and at once went down to the sea and sailed to King Nicomedes in Bithyna. With him he tarried a short time, and then on his voyage back was captured near the island of Pharmacusa by pirates, who already at that time controlled the sea with large armaments and countless small vessels. According to Suetonius, it was on that voyage from Rome to Rhodes that Caesar was captured by pirates. To begin with, then, when the pirates demanded 20 talents for his ransom, he laughed at them for not knowing who their captive was, and of his own accord agreed to give them 50. In the next place, after he had sent various followers to various cities to procure the money, and was left with one friend and two attendants 
among the Sicilians, the most murderous of men. He held them in such disdain that whenever he lay down to sleep, he would send and order them to stop talking. For eight and thirty days, as if the men were not his watchers, but his royal bodyguard, he shared in their sports and exercises with great unconcern. He also wrote poems and sundry speeches, which he read aloud to them. And those who did not admire these, he would call to their faces illiterate barbarians, and often laughingly threatened to hang them all. The pirates were delighted at this and attributed his boldness of speech to a certain simplicity and boyish mirth. But after his ransom had come from Miletus, and he had paid it and was set free, Caesar immediately manned vessels and put to sea from the harbor of Miletus against the robbers. He caught them, too, still lying at anchor off the island, and got most of them into his power. Their money he made his booty, but the men themselves he lodged in the prison at Pergamum, and then went in person to Junius, the governor of Asia, on the ground that it belonged to him, as praetor of the province, to punish the captives. But since the praetor cast longing eyes on their money, which was no small sum, and kept saying that he would consider the case of the captives at his leisure, Caesar left him to his own devices, went to Pergamum, took the robbers out of prison, and crucified them all, just as he had often warned them on the island that he would do, when they thought he was joking. This whole ordeal increased Caesar's fame, and his name was already popular on the streets of Rome. When he returned home, he was summoned into the army again. He left to the fighting in foreign lands. Julius stood out again on the battlefields, thus conquering the position of military tribune. This guaranteed him the right to command many soldiers and run for political office. Julius Caesar returned to Rome in 69 BC. That year, he began his political career, taking up a new post in the Roman Senate. His wife Cornelia had become pregnant again, and everything in Caesar's life seemed peaceful. But to Julius's misfortune, his beloved wife died that year due to a birth filled with complications that stole her life and that of her baby. Shortly after his wife's funeral, Julius was sent to serve militarily in Spain. He was the administrator of the territories controlled by Rome. One day, Julius decided to get to know the city of Cadiz better where he was living. After traveling some distance, he found a statue that was already worn out by time. When Julius looked at it, he noticed that it was a statue of Alexander the Great. 
as he approached the feet of the statue. Caesar felt an enormous torment and began to cry. He was already 33 years old, and he felt that he had not conquered anything great in his life yet. However, Alexander the Great, at that age, had already conquered an empire. At that moment, Caesar swore that he would not rest until he was equal to Alexander the Great. And that's exactly what he did. Caesar would go on to become one of the greatest military commanders in history, one of the most successful lawyers in the Republic, and eventually the most powerful man in Rome by taking the throne of the Republic and turning it into his empire. From there, Caesar would go on to conquer Gaul and bring in even more territory for Rome. His name henceforth would be synonymous with the term emperor because he was, from that point on, the archetype for the ultimate leader.